0: At the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the big talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post. Good morning, everyone. Welcome
1: to Pass the Post. It is Sunday, the 20th of June. We've passed the post at Ipswich yesterday, Is did around 15,000 other people. And uh, I remember when I used to go to the races as a kid when it was called Bundamba, my late mum used to say, this can be a graveyard for putters. Well, you can put me in the dead, buried, and cremated category oh, no. today. It was an absolute blackout for me in the races. But you tip well.
2: I'm sorry to hear that, David. Did you back Bayerish in the first? I did. I didn't get the, the $21 on the, uh, the the super tab though, but uh, nonetheless, it was a nice one. I can tell it was, a, it was a very lean two or three hours between Bayerish and later in the day. Yes, exactly. It was <coughs> a great day of racing.
1: Uh, I've got to pay special tribute, firstly, to... Uh, the the committee at Ipswich but also the management team headed by Tim Dunn but particularly to Sean Tower. That track yesterday was an outstanding service. It was a, a great winter's track, played fairly to all, uh, just the right amount of cushion in it, which is always the case. So it's not like it's an exception to a, to a rule. The, the Ipswich track plays brilliantly. But Sean and his team, to you... Congratulations, because it was a a great racing service. And there it's yesterday. been that
2: way for some time, David. I understand.
1: Yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a great success story. They they revamped it, remodeled it, and it came back in April of last year. So it's been what you know, just just over twelve months, twelve, thirteen, fifteen months, and it's played really, really well. But it was a good day of racing. There were busy finishes. They were competitive racing. And as we said, uh, a huge crowd, which we expected. Let's get right into it. Straight away from the get-go, we'll go to the main feature, the Tabib Switch Cup. And it was a good betting race, a really good betting race. In the end, the best back were in good health, and so you win. The cup field comes up to the turn. 400 left to run. In good health. Reach the lead. Inverlock is gone. Straight on the seat. Happy go, Plucky. Humble currents had every chance. Coming between the pair. Then made of all. Flash are, so you win. And traduce and Louis in right down the outside. In good health is gone. Happy go, Plucky. Reach the lead. So you win. Give it cure cue on the outside. They're followed then by Flash getting out. Look at Flash bursting home. So you win. Happy go, Plucky. Won't give in. Happy go, Plucky. Courageous. Happy-go-plucky won the cup. Beat so you win. Photo third. Flash Arrow or made of ore. Then came Traduce Loomy in Humboldt Current, followed by Victory 8 Pick-a-Plum. In Good Health, drop right out. Then Jamyra Triangle and Inverloch last over the line. Happy-go-plucky, a deserved winner. He's been around the ridges um, for quite some time. Yesterday, a listed victory for him is trainer John Gilmore and his rider, Steph Thornton, who's our first guest this morning on past the Post. Steph, congratulations.
3: Thank you very much.
1: What about um, this horse? Uh, I think, am I right in saying it was your first ride on him yesterday?
3: Yes, it was my first
1: ride on him. You drew a wide barrier, and I noticed calling the race the first time around, you deliberately sort of kept a wide path. Was your plan just to try and go forward and, and then find a spot up near the lead?
3: Yeah, it was. Sometimes when you draw, I find when I draw a wide gate, especially in a staying race, it, it can be easier to stay that bit wider yeah. and just figure out where you're going to end up. I thought on paper the field had really string along with Inverloch and In Good Health. So I was kind of counting on that factor that... I'd be able to slot in somewhere handy, and it worked out well. And I think by staying wide, it, it keeps your horse in their own little world and in their own rhythm without sort of bustling them to be somewhere. So um, it was definitely the plan, and it worked out for us.
2: Yeah, it certainly did work out. Did, were you surprised at how quickly the leaders came back to you? They were gone a fair way out.
3: Yeah, I was actually, especially in good health. I thought he would sort of take me a, a long way, but I was left to my own devices at the top <laughs> of the straight that – Thankfully, my bloke is as honest as the day is long, and um, once he felt them coming, he really does eat.
1: That's what I said in the broadcast. Courageous because they came at him left, right, and centre, but he wouldn't give in. But I suppose when we look back at it, and he wasn't—he certainly wasn't uh, no hope in the race, but big weight drop, He carried sixty the other day, down to fifty-four, dropping six kilos. It means a lot in a staying race.
3: It sure does, and that was the biggest thing I thought with the fact that it's so you win, um, Chris Waller's runner. We sort of gave it weight the other day but um back to 54 yesterday knowing he'd run out the trip he was always gonna put himself into a handy spot it was just whether we could overcome the wide gate and coming back to that 54 kilos it it goes a long way and it can often be overlooked
2: Mm. it must be nice Steph to pick up a feature at the end of the carnival I noticed in in your your comments yesterday it's tough going isn't it for for jockeys through the carnival where we're interstate Raiders sort of come here and, and they sort of pick up the the bulk of the good ride. So to to land a feature at the end is obviously quite satisfying.
3: Yeah, no, it is. It's great. I mean, it's, it is what makes the carnival, having all your, your southern jockeys and trainers and, and horses coming up, but it can make it tough for those that are, that are based up here. But I've been lucky. I've still ridden every day through the carnival and had some great opportunities and some great winners as well, albeit long shots so great to get a winner for John Gilmore yesterday especially and his son Corey who I know does a great job and um yeah that was my second listed winner as well so it was a fantastic day all round.
1: Steph I'm glad you mentioned John Gilmore and I've got to say I've been in racing a long time we've never crossed paths but he seemed very emotional after the win he spoke really well didn't he?
3: Yeah, no, he did. He spoke fantastically. I I watched his interview last night, and it was great for him. That's actually the first time when I've ridden for him that he's been at the races, Mm. so I might have to tell him to come a bit more often. He might be the lucky charm, so that was great.
1: Yeah, I think he's had a few health issues earlier in the year. Of course, he had some success with Sea Raider as well, but always been a a trainer, been there for, for quite some time. Only had a few in work, but... It was great to see him win that race with Happy Go Plucky. Tell me one thing. What is it with you and this desert man? You <laughs> seem to click so well. I, I, I see you knock me out on Wednesday there at Big Odds.
3: <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, his nickname's Bossy, and that's because he likes to be the boss of everything, and I think that might be why we get along. I, I let him do his own thing and leave him to tell me what the plan is. So he's, um, he's a great old horse. That was great for Kel. He owns him, and um, it was a pleasure to be able to get back on him.
2: You've had a pretty good week, Steph. You went down to Ballina on Monday for a double there, so it's been been a fruitful week. Tell me, um, it had been a dirty old day for for Ben Thompson up until the last two races. He hadn't had a lot of. So did you did you spur him onto those success in those last two races?
3: Yeah, I think he just wanted to steal the limelight. To tell you <laughs> the truth, <laughs> he um, he couldn't just let me have the day. He had to chime in three deep, and no, that was fantastic. Great for him to get a feature winner for Tony and. Obviously, the horse in the last row for John O'Shea, she was super tough. She was three wide the trip, mm. but she um, she never gave in. And um, a big thrill for, for both of us yesterday and very proud of Ben and how he went.
1: Surely you celebrated last night.
3: Actually, I I had a friend's hens last night, so I I left Ben at my mum and dad's and um, I went out with the girls for the night.
1: (laughs) Good on you. Congratulations. Congratulations on yesterday. Great to win the listed Ipswich Cup. It's a time-honoured race and uh, you rode Happy Go Plucky perfectly, following that speed, making the move at the right time and then Happy Go Plucky did the rest. Thanks for joining us this morning.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: There she is, Steph Thornton, delightful girl and uh, this was a, a good ride and I did make mention of that, that coming down the straight, she deliberately just kept out wide and the, interesting her comments there, mm. that uh, there was, was a plan she actually hatched
2: to try and f- attain the best possible position. Yeah, I'm really pleased to see her get a feature win because, what well, we didn't touch on there, Dave, she has been a terrific ambassador for this carnival oh. right the way through. Um, you know, she's been everywhere in terms of, of media coverage and uh, I think she's acquitted herself really well and, and represented the industry brilliantly. So it was a great result for her.
1: The time for the race was two twelve point seven four by Ipswich Cup standards. That's a very solidly run race, and it was evidenced by the sectional home thirty seven fifty one. So they were they were going up and down in the one spot, but the reason being that Inverloch and, and in Good Health probably went a little too hard up mm. up the top. They they seemed to play cutthroat tactics and do a couple of points in the race, and obviously did their chances. Uh, uh, no good. They finished out the back of the bus. So you win. You made the point yesterday. Probably spot on. 58 kilos, hard to win a it's cup a with tough, a big weight.
2: It's a tough gig to do it. But, by gee, he's been terrifically consistent, that horse, the whole way through. He's picking up money every time he goes to the races.
1: Flash R was good in third. Uh, made of Oren, in was solid. Humboldt Current stood up and was counted yesterday. Not <laughs> had the right run and was heavily back, too. I forgot to mention, yeah. he was about $8 into $4 at one stage, yeah, but
2: he, he had his chance. honest' were off the mark there. In good health was a, a pretty good go in the end, but um, mm. you were out of
1: out of play a long way from home, David. A little too keen. But $21 happy-go, Plucky. I might try and catch up with John Gilmore tomorrow morning on Press Room, see how we go, but great to see him win the, the listed Ipswich Cup. The other main feature, of course, is the premier sprint race, the eyeliner. Let's go to the replay. And Axe was heavily backed and found the lead. Axe trying to do it all the way and he looks to be doing it well. Leads from Splendour on the grass, really discreet, pulled out wide then came a shiny hustler Stitches off the bit. armish boy steadily making ground between runners but still about five or six off Axe and Axe went for home, he bounded away at the 200 metres he went two, three legs clear from Splendour on the grass, really discreet Armish boy getting out but it's all over Axe in front, of, no good thing now stopping, really discreet, charging and Stitch right down the outside Stitch, burst home, got a- up, run the eyeliner. Beat either Axe, right or wrong, or Amish boy. That race changed complexion dramatically. Really discreet the up there as well. Then McEwen followed by at the head of the others. Boomsara, Prometheus, the tax accountant, Splinter on the grass, Mashani Hustler, and Mr Bellagio last over the line, snitched with a whirlwind runner scored. And ridden by Ben Thompson, who ended the day in brilliant fashion. He's our next guest. Ben, good morning. Good morning, David. Well, um, calling the race there, Axe look, looked home and hose when he kicked away at the top of the straight. What did you think at that point?
4: <laughs> I thought he was too, to be honest. Um, my guy I had a beautiful run in transit. I ate it from a good draw and with no weight. It, um, things that sort of panned at as well as I could have hoped. He, he balanced up nice, and I, I thought I was going to like have the better really discreet, which I straightened up on the back of. But I'll be honest, it wasn't until probably halfway down the straight um, he... Just sort of, I guess, if they found a new set of heels and and let rip, and um, yeah, I guess another another fifty metres, 100 metres, he probably comes away. So, really, really good win, and um, great to ride a feature winner for the Golden Stable.
2: He did just take that little time to balance up, didn't he? Because, as David said in his call, the, the leader got away. Once he did balance up, that last 100 metres was really good.
4: Absolutely, Nathan. It felt sort of as felt as much as it as much as like it looked. So, it, um, he. Did sort of let's say the 150 really sort of find his groove and and um, just relish a bit of space. The only thing sort of Tony said, obviously we, we drew low and um, he, two years ago in the eyeliner he, he drew barrier one that day, but there wasn't as much pace in the race as there looked to be yesterday. But uh, he sort of got out got out sort of halfway up the straight and um, then was doing his best work through the line. So he said, oh, I just said that it, when um, it's time to go and if things eventuate. We just look to get somewhere marine if we can, and thankfully we were, and he done the rest for me.
1: Take us through a jockey's frame of mind. Nathan dobbed you in before. He said <laughs> you were having a dirty day before the last two races. So you've gone home uh, with, the, with a wet sail, as they say, riding the last two winners. But when things either don't go right or you just miss out on a photo finish, d- does your frame of mind play heavily on you during the day, with you at
4: least? It, it can, but I think, like, it, that obviously you just sort of want... Once the the race has happened, like i watch the replay once or twice and then it, it's pretty much done. I just have to forget about it and move on to the next. And somebody that I've admired and watched a lot of, I think, sort of brilliant for that's Glenn Boss. I got to work obviously closely with him um, in Singapore when I was there and uh, just sort of you see the way that he operates. He's so cool, calm, and he could have no luck on one from a wide draw and, um, you know, perhaps it be a good thing beaten he comes out like nothing's happened and just backs himself so i'd um my horse had ran well just without much like peroni she drew wide and obviously that was a very even race race four but if um the the winner Ryan maloney Ryan maloney rode drew barrier nine i drew 10 and he was in my slipstream. i'd say reverse the barriers and we'd have reversed the results um indispensable drew 10 of 11 and it was caught three wide facing the breeze and stuck on for second. And I thought Belle Maurice was going to shoot through in race one and unfortunately didn't. So my horse had been running well, just needed a bit of luck and thankfully it came
2: late. You got the luck in the last race to a certain extent. She was being swamped left, right and centre, Lillamore, but the, the judge found a margin for you on the line. Did you give yourself a chance in the photo?
4: Uh, I, well, to be honest, I thought that... Oh, like Craig, Craig came to me on intrepidations with momentum and... Mm. I thought Layla, like, my filly, she was tough as nails. She dug deep, and I thought that I may have had the better of Craig, but mm. I was wasn't sure about Michael Carl because he pretty much five strides past the post. Mm. He um, was a, almost a length in front, so sort of hard to say how close he got. But um, tell you what, I'll be honest. I watched the replay a few times, <laughs> and I get nervous each time I do. So um, she was yeah so tough. I drew uh, she drew middle of the field at a barrier six, and the only. Sort of um, instructions John O'Shea gave, gave me was not to ride her too cute. She's not a sitting sprint horse and um, let her use her speed and, and find a nice groove on her. And I think not riding her cute, I took that to a whole new level. Sort of three <laughs> while facing the breeze. But she, I was in a spot early, like she came away nice and just caught a little brush amongst runners. And in a hot speed race that it was, I went from sort of losing half a length to it being a length. And um, I just sort of wanted to ride her. I, I had a chance. I could have came back a length and a half and followed Fleet Dove, but I thought it's riding against her pattern and the only instructions John gave me. So I ran the risk of sort of sliding forward and blending across. And as I went to Blazing Miss, went to the fence, which prevented me from getting in. Um, I just backed her and relaxed on her, found a nice groove, and she was very tough.
2: Ben, you just touched on the other facing the breeze. There was a lot of talk leading into yesterday's meeting about the wind and what sort of a factor it, it might... Have on on certain chances is a was it a factor there yesterday and B as a jockey is win something you're 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 conscious of and, and how do you try and negate it if if, if it is a factor?
4: Yeah, like it, it can be. Um, it's I think more so like I find it see there's there's, I guess there's no rule I think specific rule to it but I on more of a factor on a bigger track mm-hmm. when you're facing the breeze for longer but a small tight turning track like um, Ipswich is the, the breeze it's it's sort of hitting you from different directions throughout. So, um, let's say that, that breeze yesterday, I think, it would have been more of a factor at a track like Caloundra or Eagle Farm than it was at, than it was at Ipswich. Uh, like there was obviously I had I had um, two runners face the breeze and one won and the other one ran second, um, albeit good chances. They, they still yeah were able to defy it, um, but it. Overall, I think like away from that, the track played really even and, and credit to the club to mm. have things to suit and put on a great day.
1: I said that earlier. It's an interesting track, Ipswich. Uh, it's a, certainly a, a, a totally different shape to, to Eagle Farm and Dooman, but but jockeys like yourself ride there regularly because they host a lot of metropolitan midweek meetings. But there's a part of the track down the side around the 600 metres. actually a straight part there, and you can't really see it laterally, but... Often joggers will make a move there in that straight path so they can get up, you know,
4: right on the uh, right in the face of the leaders when they get to the turn. Yes, yeah, spot on, David. It's it is um, like you, you're caught off in here. And before I before I made the move to to um, Brisbane, relocate, I, I listened to a podcast with John Tapp and uh, Jim Byrne, and obviously he's sort of renowned for being the king of Ipswich. And I just went back to watch him, and quite often, you know, he'd get rolling at the signs and. Um, usually on the horses' terms, but you see, you know, you can make a lot of ground up there, and it generally is a hard track to to make good ground on. So you see, quite often, like Jim, he um, you know, can he'll straighten up just within sight of the leaders and not have too much ground to make up, and uh, can generally, tenu- generally, you know, make the difference. So I just sort of went to watching him, and I got familiar with the track, and um, it's been been great for me, especially after yesterday.
1: Refresh our memories. When did you arrive here in Brisbane to ride? I
4: yeah, I, I finished my quarantine at the end of August, obviously last year.
1: Yeah. So so okay. So you've virtually started riding in September. Forty-seven wins. Uh, put this in perspective: Maloney sixty-four, Burn sixty-three, Fred forty-nine, you forty-seven. Are you happy with what you've done so far?
4: Yeah, definitely, David. It's it's uh, obviously so you come with. I didn't. I didn't set out any major goals. The only one was to to make oh, obviously strong connections off the track and hopefully um, align with the right stables and more importantly ride consistently. And um, things just went to plan. I've received sort of support um, and you know consistent support as well as I could have hoped for. So it's it's been a great move for, for myself and and myself and Stephanie together to make the move to Brisbane, and the season's gone as well as I could have hoped. So, um, yeah, it continue. The
1: statistics tell us that you're the most in-demand jockey as far <laughs> as rides are concerned uh, here in, in the metropolitan area, and um, uh, apart from the 47 winners, you've ridden a host of seconds, thirds and fourths. So the trainers and the owners want you on, and um, you've, you've had a good day yesterday, and you've had a, a good time since being here. Long may continue, and, and thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you very much, David. Thanks, Nathan. Ben Thompson joining us this morning, the partner of Steph Thornton. So they uh, they scooped the pearl in the last three races. Mm,
2: he wrote a stakes winner last Saturday at Eagle Farm as well, David. So it's been a productive week for Ben Thompson. Yeah, Axe looked home but was, had every chance. Yeah, what a remarkable contrast. Axe last time didn't have that speed and was mm. out the back wide worse than midfield yesterday. found the, Found the front very, very easily. Um, I don't reckon there'd be too many horses would lead throughout in an eyeliner, would they, David? No, it's, it's, it's not easy to do. Right or wrong was good Amish boy. Now, what do we do? Well, he's won from 16, so yeah. um, that's him, isn't it?
1: I watched the replay really carefully to try and give him an excuse. Mm. There were traffic issues in the straight. He didn't have the clearest of paths, but I doubt
2: even
1: with, the, I doubt even with a clear path he would have won.
2: No, but again, I mean, it's easy in hindsight. He's a Class 1 horse with 58 kilos mm. against the older horses, so it wasn't like he was pitchforked into the race. He still run well, and that just seems to be him. Like, he runs on in a Magic Millions guineas, he, he runs on in a new market, whether he run on in a Class 1 plate, or maybe he just needs that kill and get some confidence up.
1: Tony Gollan training Snitch. I thought his, his horse, uh, really discreet, ran well. She was the closest of fifths, and... I didn't think McEwen went too badly, running seven. He was out the back, wasn't he? Maybe one for the future. not sure what sort of race he can get into, but I thought he showed some uh, return to form of sorts with that that, uh, good finishing run. That was the eyeliner. Let's go to the other feature, the Gay Waterhouse. This was the last race of the day, and we've just been talking to Ben Thompson about Lillamore. Let's have a listen to the replay. The Classic Field come around the turn. Can Kylise lead all of the way? Straight in front from Kneedorp and Boomtown Lass. Lillimore is launching down the outside. Then Blazing Miss Intrepidatious and wider was Fleet Dover. It's still Kylise the leader. Trying out of the outside Lillimore. Intrepidatious coming at the pair. Fleet Dover right down the outside. Lillimore in front from Intrepidatious. Intrepidatious diving and right through on the inside. Blazing Miss. A tricky finish. Blazing Miss, Intrepidatious and Lillimore any one of the three. Heads up, heads down. Fleet Dove, Kyle East, Boomtown last, not too far away. Then Euro Bell, Barefoot, Red Steeder, Gem of Scotland, Spartan Sexy up at that bunch, Gaps to Socialising, Nidorp dropped out. Bonino ran last, in 111.56 to the last of the day. Yes, it was a desperately close finish, Lillamore got the bob in, Ben Thompson riding from Intrepidatious and Blazing Miss, and as Ben said, Blazing Miss was in front, one strut after the line, Fleet Dove, the closest of fourths. John O'Shea trains Lillamore, and he's been kind enough to join us this morning. John, congratulations. Nice, nice uh, horse, Lillamore. Yeah,
0: no, she's got a good record, and uh, she didn't have the best of runs yesterday, but she's able to get the job done.
2: John, she's been able to build a, a nice record. You just picked your way through the grades. Was this a stakes race you had picked out some time ago? Yeah, no,
0: it's, um, I just felt the. Uh, Conference Ipswich at Suda, and um, just a nice uh, progression after she was um, pretty good winning at Randwick first up. So um, you know when she trained on nicely, it's a race we've had on our radar for a while. Love horses with good strike rate.
1: She's now won seven from seventeen and she's only light into the prep as you mentioned. She won it at Randwick and then
0: won yesterday. Where do you head now? Well, she'd be very hard to place um, at this time of year. So. We we'll just get her home, see how she pulls up, and <clears throat> probably inclined just to give her a little break, and then you may come back into the early part of the, the Sydney or uh, Sydney spring, where you know traditionally the tracks got a little bit of fire out of them, and uh, she might be able to pick up or be competitive in similar grade races.
2: Mm. You, you touched on it early. She was tough as nails there yesterday, where she had to face the breeze and, and kept coming and fend them off when they were coming left, right, and centre.
0: Yeah, no, she. Uh, Lucky we had a nice and fit because she to do <laughs> plenty of work. <laughs> but but you'd, you'd also
1: be heartened by that performance because we know she can be a, a fast horse who can lead no races, but yesterday uh, no favours of four <laughs> to three wide exposed and tough, so
0: that would probably be one of her best wins so far. Uh, that was probably career-defining moment, really. Well, um, being she was wide, white, she's actually a mare that likes to sort of calip on a bit and, you know, riding a probably not the answer, whether she likes to she doesn't. So it sort of goes the same speed, you know. So Ben actually did a good job to keep her rolling along, and um, that's the right way to win. She was sort of slow away and probably ended up, you know, a pair further back than we would have anticipated. just meant that he had to sort of try and keep her rolling, and he did a very good job to do that.
1: So another significant, uh, just changing Take another significant moment of the lost and running story during the week? Yeah, uh, you
0: know, he's got his ever-slot, and... Um, so it just allows us the opportunity to be a little patient with him and, and take our time in terms of reparation. We don't have to stress too much about getting a spot. And, you know, um, we're really happy, you know, for the horse and the ownership group to, to join up with Tab. So um, yeah, it's an exciting time, really.
2: Watching from afar, John, the whole Everest picture is, is a fascinating thing. What's it like on the inside? Do you have to be sort of part salesman in a way to sort of pitch your horses to, horse to people? Or how, from where you sit, what's it like? I was, well, I was out, my first crack at it, and I just
0: sort of spoke to a few people that had done it before. Um, I mean, obviously, the basis, you know, the which you start negotiations that are somewhere around fifty-fifty, and then, mm. you know, beyond that, it's, you know, how much they want your horse and how much you're willing to sort of, you know, go to the line in terms of negotiations. So, uh, with regard to loss and running, I, I was more inclined to, just get a very standard deal with the view that I wanted to do business with Tab and I wanted to have a slot early in his piece. Whether, um, you know, the Everest may come just a little bit sooner in his career in terms of this preparation, but as is seen with horses like Classic Legend, they, they've had a run and they season up and then they come back the next year and they, when they really can win it. So, um, but it's, it's the right program for him, it's the right track for him, and uh, so, you know. As a result, we were keen to secure some sort of opportunity to run in the race.
1: Take us through that path again that will lead towards
0: the Everest. <clears throat> I heard just, you know, conventionally through the shorts, the Premier, and then into the Everest. And fortnightly racing really suits him, and racing at Ramek really suits him. So, you know, it's, it's really a you know, standard thing for him. And he gets to race on his home track. He doesn't want a bit of wet ground if it comes. So it's a really easy
1: program for him. We look forward to following that to that story. But uh, as far as yesterday's concerned, good work with Lillimore. She's uh, a mare with a good strike rate, and um, she's done well. Thanks for your time, John. Uh, it was pleasure to speak to you, and uh, have a good weekend, though. John O'Shea joining us this morning, trainer of Lillimore. As we see, got the bob in. Intrepidatious. Lee Freeman's first <laughs>
2: runner this time around. I think he Just would have missed have, out. He, he would have sort of sized up trying to get off on a, on a winning note. But, now she's gone enormous and, and all, all but one. But... Um I think it's hard to take anything away from the winner, given what we've documented this morning, David. I wish Blazing Missa got blocked for a run of the fleet. Dove would have run third then. I mean, honestly, well, that, that would have been a nice way to finish a dirty day for you. Wouldn't it? Got out so to, 20, to twenty to one pop running got fourth. got
1: yeah, each way got twenty three dollars on the on the tote at one stage. To It'll win be a nice race, race for her
2: next time around the six to four mark, probably.
1: Yeah, but typical of these races, and we've seen this right through the carnival: uh, big fields, wide betting races, or Fairly wide betting races and busy finishes. It shows there's not a lot between these
2: That's what I wanted to ask you this morning. You go to Ipswich and you know you're going to have busy finishes all day. So, uh, like, the line for years was a a race where you throw a blanket over the first five or six in a row. Is it a... You're you're probably closer at Ipswich than you are at other venues, David, but is it a tricky
1: one? Well, we're we're, we're lower uh, as far as height is concerned. We're closer to the track, but we're past the winning post, Mm -hmm. whereas at Eagle Farm... And Dooman, particularly with me at Dooman, we're well before the winning post. But at Ipswich, and there's a, a an angle that's very hard to line up, and and people who go to sit in the in the member stand where we broadcast from will often think the inside's won, yes. but it's an optical illusion. So you've really got to bring the outside horse up. The thing is this, and this is what I try to explain to people sometimes when they'll have a go at you about a photo. Mm. What you're seeing, uh, listeners. Is the camera is right on the line, so they 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 run on the line. Yep. We're after the line, so I we did see not know things. how
2: you do it at Doombin. Like you're at the 50 meter point. Like half the time you're having a guess, aren't you?
1: Well, I've got a little television there now. But for ages I didn't put one in. But I've got a little, little television unless it gets or if it's going to get close. But
2: uh, I was curious to know that whether you you switch to a television at Doombin to to try and get a better idea. If I think it's going to be a close finish, but that doesn't. It doesn't help your rhythm when you're switching from live to to TV. But is it a true story that because um, Alan Thomas had moved from there at Dooman to right on the judges' line, but but Wayne Wilson didn't want to give up that beautiful uh, broadcasting spot up there?
1: Yeah, well, I think that's right. But Alan, Alan, in the, and I think and I'm not, not speaking on Alan's behalf, but but Alan made the move because he was sick of the angle. He was actually yeah. further down than yeah. Wayne, and uh, so he he was. I think we're about thirty meters before the post, but he was about forty. So he said and there was a facility that they could, uh, you know, make. So he's right above where Josh is now, right above the, the judges' box. But um, I don't think there's any spot for me, so I've got to stay where I am and hope for the best. <laughs> At least you're in comfort there anyway. Well, exactly right. Okay, well, one race that wasn't a busy finish, so to speak, was the third mm-hmm. race of the day. This was the Channel 7 Provincial Stays Final, and uh, this was a great talking point right during the week. Incentivise, he was $1.30. Up to the turn, and now incentivised ranged alongside accessory, and Anthony Allen goes for home. Tavion Prince trying to hang on for a place. Then Sun Sugar Buzz forget the rest, but incentivised down towards 100 metres. He starts to roar away. The margin extends four, five, six, seven, eight. How much will it be? Incentivised, I'd say by eight lengths from accessory. Tavion Prince in a photo for third with Isabella Spring and Salago up there, but it was a whitewash. Then came Sam Hain, followed by Sugar Sugarbuzz, Kipax, Broxon, Baldalago, Electric Elise, Wildwood Jade, Ceno Defeat, and Lady Salerno, last over the line. Well, uh, look, I know it was a weak race. I, I, I get that. But, but th- I get another extraordinary performance. And I think mainly from, from people watching, the margin. Mm. I've got it wrong twice now. I thought he won by seven at Eagle Farm. He won by nine. I called him at eight yesterday. He won by nine and a half. But these are extraordinary margins in metropolitan racing. Yeah. Haven't seen this for a long. I, I no. can't recall in, in recent times. No. the man who the man who's right at the centre of the incentivised story is Steve Tregay. Steve, good morning. Good morning, David. How are you? I'm um, well. It's going to be a case of well. We'd be hoping, it would be the way to try and pick the margins with this horse—it's—but it, it, I'm, I'm trying to. It's an extraordinary situation what we've seen in his past two starts. Would you agree with that? Yes, yeah, I would. Yeah,
5: it's—it's um, it's taken us a bit by surprise.
1: Well, I suppose he's taken everyone by surprise. Um, just take us back. Just let's—we've got a bit of time. Let's just chart back to the start. Did this horse always show you ability?
5: No, the only thing he did do uh, was he did win a 900 meter jump out um, at one stage. Uh, After then, he was shinsaw a couple of times. and He's always been very uh, immature, sort of a horse, even though he's had a bit of height about him. He's really only just developing into his frame now. So it's a question of um, how much more he develops uh, after a break, I guess, as to how far he'll go.
2: Steve, he got beaten 16 lengths in a Toowoomba Maiden, second up this preparation. How did that possibly happen?
5: Well, he started favourite, but um, I think he was, was he first up? uh, Second second up up there, over 1,800, yeah. No, well, he raced quite well at Eagle Farm. His first start in the 1,400 meter race. We've always had him pegged as a horse that would be looking for ground, Mm. just on his basically on his stature and the way he looked because he was so immature, all we could do was hope that he would develop and uh, would would run on. Um, but how he he got beaten there was, was when he was first up at Eagle Farm and he didn't he didn't run too badly. He was a little bit blocked to run up the running and he was sort of running on at the end, but showed absolutely no speed at all. Um, so you know right from. The very first start he had in the preparation before then, we were looking for, you know, a longer race. So we bumped him straight up to eighteen hundred second up. But how it happened was the horse was leading and possibly shouldn't have been in the race. It just dropped back in their lap and um, back through the field and ran off, you know, just um, put him out of contention. And uh, and Kyle Wilson-Taylor sat up in the arms and sort of, didn't really try after then because he was just knocked out of the race. Cole so felt he would have won, but at the time, I thought that's a big call being beaten by, <laughs> by that car. Well, well, but anyway, he's proved to be right. So. Yeah.
1: Well, after that, <laughs> yeah. after that performance in Toowoomba, it has been a winning way, five in succession, with a combined winning margin of almost 30 lengths. A mm. uh, cu- couple of, well, firstly, are you going to go to the Sunshine Coast in two weeks with him?
5: Um, well, I wasn't thinking that way because because he's had such a good run. Um, I was thinking that, um, you know, based on his history and the fact that we've had him in and out all the time and he's been um, so slow to get there, um, I wasn't thinking past this um, race um, yesterday. Uh, the first project was to get him qualified for it, which, which he did. So that that was the plan, and I wasn't thinking much past it. But um, he's pulled up well, um, and you know he could go again. And the first I thought of it was uh, one of the new owners suggested that um, you know that would be an ideal race for him next up. But um, you know they're quite happy just to see how he goes over this week and uh, and and see that there's there's no real reason why he couldn't go there because he's eaten last night. So Steve, he does like that course
2: who's calling the shots now? We know that there there was a sale done, and I believe you 've still got fifty percent in the horse, so are you still calling the shots at the moment, or has it become a oh, consultation well, process
5: i wouldn't be standing over anyone, especially with peter Moody involved but um <laughs> <laughs> i've uh, I've said to them as part of the sale that I wanted to remain as a manager of the horse and that's the way it will be yeah but um you know we wouldn't be uh, we wouldn't be having any blues i don 't think they um they seem to be uh, really nice guys and, and really, uh, really absolutely over the moon to be involved.
2: Mm, wish you were able to give them a good, good first-up report yesterday after the, they've yeah, got yeah, yeah. He, he, His rating is
1: part of the story because, you know, we know the reason he's been bought, and where he's headed uh, during the spring. Now, he was a 76 rater yesterday. How many points do you, think, do you think he'll go up after yesterday?
5: I wouldn't like the second guess the Handicap, that's why he wasn't in the Ipswich Cup, or well, one of the reasons mm-hmm. why he wasn't in the Ipswich Cup because I, I've fallen into that trap before, and uh, I've said all along I don't agree with the, the rating system of them rating the horses based up to their best at the time. So if you put them in, and one of the things that the handicapper said to me at the time when I had the discussion with him was, well, will you put him in the race, which I suppose is fair enough, but they... They do rate them up to their, not potential, but their best on that run. So you sacrifice anything in the middle. So uh, even when the sale went through, the, the two chaps said, well, what about the Ipswich Cup? I said, well, I don't really want to go there because um, you sacrifice those races in the middle. And, you know, I, I don't know what they'll give him, to be honest, to answer the question. I, I would, you know, they gave him 10 last time and, and they told me he'd get six if he won it. Um, beforehand, you but need to
2: have a word yeah. to Anthony Allen and stop winning by such big margins.
5: <laughs> yeah, well, that that is another story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but you, you, you're right. I was going to mention that uh, he was 66 when he won at Eagle Farm, so he went up 10 to 76. And well, do mm. you think he's probably going to get
5: the uh, the, the eight or 10 again? But um, yeah. j- well, just... it's a, it's a twin-edged sword, isn't it? Because yes. um, where he's um, going, they want to get his rating up, mm. uh, so he's able to get into those sort of races and I guess there's not all that much time left after he has a break but um, I'm just lucky I won't have to worry about it Peter can worry about that.
1: (laughs) I just want to ask you a question he's by Seamus award out of the uh, Mayor Miss Argyle tell us a bit about her the the broodmare.
5: No she's been a wonderful mayor Um, I wanted to buy her as a yearling uh, Eureka Stud offered her Um, she uh, made 280,000 as a yearling and, and the reason I wasn't uh, i forgot about it was that every time i went to look at a go waterhouse's team was there all over her and i thought well that's that's no good i won't beating bidding against them um they're bad at their mind <laughs> and uh so i bought her as uh she got ei and uh, she went second at the gym crack Stakes. she got ei and um um was retired after two after those two runs i think she only had two starts from memory but she's been a great mare she's produced Bergerac, another horse called Ardrossan that we sold through the Melbourne sale. It was, you know, a good horse in New Zealand, stakes winner. She's had three, she had 10 foals in a row and she's had three stakes winners. And she died last year foaling a prior of Dubai filly is her short story, but, um, you know, a beautiful-looking mare and she just kept on doing the right thing.
2: Uh- you keep getting you always have a good horse Steve and it seems like people keep knocking on your door to to buy them Command and Conquer was the one before this guy how how's he going in Hong Kong
5: Yeah well I, I don't know other than the fact that he won the other day uh, David did send me a text to say that he's he's very happy with him and I think I read somewhere that he said he's one of the best two horses in his stable so that's that's good that's a good report
1: Yeah exactly is he is he racing today
5: I don't think so. I haven't looked, to be honest. He, he did say that at one stage there was a race picked out for him. I thought it was a few weeks away, but Fair I'm enough. not sure, to be honest.
1: Thanks for your time this morning. It's, uh, it's a great story, this incentive I We've been talking about the carnival, all the talking points, and you sort of think when Stradbroke Day comes around, it sort of goes quiet, but uh, he certainly uh, kept uh, kept people talking about the carnival. They're watching him all around Australia with these these big winning margins. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for your time. Yeah.
5: No worries, David.
2: Steve Tregey joined us this morning. Smart man. Oh, definitely. And Spennafire is the last one I can think of. David, he won the Ipswich Cup and went on, and he was subject, I think, of a sale after that, and won a Turnbull for the Freedmans later in the year. But uh, you look at yes, so Happy Go Plucky wins the Ipswich Cup after being beaten nine lengths by this horse at Eagle Farm.
1: They run one twenty-five hundred metre race a year at Ipswich. This is this race. Originally, they about 40 years ago, they brought this distance in and they were going to use it as a semi-regular distance, but it didn't receive the support. The track record is held by a horse called Sir Lachlan. Mm-hmm. 1981 was trained by um, Doug McGore. So 235 is the benchmark. He went right. 2731 on a, uh, a winner's track, 36.5 the last 600 metres. Um, I think it's a, it, it's a fascinating story, isn't it? We, because, because we're in uncharted territory. We don't see this sort of thing happen.
2: No, from where not he not in state <coughs> races. No, but from where he's emer- he's emerged from. I, I, I saw comments from Peter Moody this week saying it doesn't matter if he gets there this spring or not. Like we've got all the time in the world with this, this horse, and if it's not this spring, it'll be next autumn and, and the spring after. So uh, it's going to be really interesting to see where he lands. But he clearly stays well, and yeah. that's a big plus. in, in well, well that was the other thing,
1: like he he won at eighteen hundred at Eagle Farm. He went mm. to twenty five hundred. We know he'd won at twenty one sixty in Toowoomba. But, you know, regardless of the opposition, uh he
2: he's beat them only ten lengths. So it is it, it is a interesting a, to see what the ratings guys just to my eye visually wasn't as spectacular yesterday as he mm. was at Eagle Eagle Farm, what jumped out at me was he's run quick overall time and home in thirty four two, where the lightning was home in thirty three ninety nine on the same day. Um, but he's basically doing it in one prep. He'd had one start before this prep, and, and now he's got to where he is now. I was talking to
1: someone the other day. They said they backed him into Woman that day when he got beaten 13 leagues. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be happy. Let's go to the uh, the TL Cooney, the Schweppes TL Cooney, for the three-year-olds. Good betting duel here, Paladas and Palliopan. 500 left to run. Roller with the flow. About to be challenged in earnest by Palayapan. Our Playboy under pressure. Then it came to the inside. Zenifer looking for a runner. Followed by Cracker SG. Paladas pulled to the outside. But Palayapan given its cue by Williams, comes after Roller with the flow. Zenifer can't get a runner. Then our Playboy, Cracker SG. Paladas with work to do. Palayapan reached the lead. Zenifer gets out now. Then our Playboy. Paladas still coming. Paleopan in front. Paladas lunged. I'd say missed. I'd Think Pan from Palodas in a photo finish. De was third and fourth. Maybe Tumbleridge out wide. Then Roller with the flow, followed by Cracker S G. Our Playboy, but take his entry, safe work, better lad, and Sister Eleanor last over the line. Yeah, Palaya Pan's short half head victory here. Craig Williams riding, having a, a real, a real time out here in Southeast Queensland. He's elected to stay here and um, he's reaping the rewards. Beating Paladas, Xenophare a close third and Tumbler Ridge, a pleasing fourth
2: from a wig skinny's point of view, but Paleopan, you can take nothing away from her. Four from four. And set weights race so she wasn't suited by the weights of the race, but um to come from where she's well, she's kicked off in one preparation. It's been a terrific campaign. I'm not sure whether they press on or I think that might might be it, David, but um, being by so you think there's probably scope to get over further.
1: Yeah, I, I would think that maybe Chris Munts might have a look at the the, the Winks I mean, mm-hmm. you've got a, a fit, healthy, informed horse, and it's only two weeks away. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if they at least contemplated it. I think, should have won. You're
2: yeah, not a pretty watch for Paladesh A slow fans. start of the barriers, and um,
1: just to, and then sort of got there around the turn and. He seemed to run his race in patches in the straight, but I think the start was it was extremely costly. Yeah, well, he'd drawn, he'd drawn to be a lot
2: closer yesterday, hadn't he, and that, that mm. counted against him.
1: And Xenopher can be considered a little unlucky because was blocked for a run at a vital stage. She was first up into that race mm-hmm. yesterday, so I imagine on her home track she'll go to that guineas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two the 1,600,
2: second up's going to be a tough ass, but she's a really classy filly, and her form says that. she just edged out by you know, Archer at her pr- last up before the spell.
1: Well, as I said, from my point of view, it was a graveyard putting-wise, but one race where punters did get it right was Desert Lord winning first time in race six. Let's have a listen to it. In the straight, Phantom Falcon led the way. Snow Valley issuing a challenge. Roman Aureus going for a run, got chopped out. Then Dr. Why Not, and here's the favourite, Desert Lord, descending right down the outside. He went whoosh, and Desert Lord raced away. He's home first up and beats home Zyemba or Roman Aureus in a tidy. Fourth was Dr. Why Not. Then Phantom Falcon followed by... Uh, exact about a fuji flyer well back snow valley Mount Bannon, ready to humble and bar none towards the tail in one eleven thirty one no surprises here, desert Lord, as he was last campaign first up, was dominant again, and he gave them a bit of a start at the top of the
2: straight mm. too David, so um, I think he goes now to the, the glass house, which is only a fortnight, so that's an interesting one, given that you know, they're on record of saying this horse goes so well fresh. Roman is in for a good campaign.
1: He didn't have a lot of luck in the straight. Zyemba was good first up in third. Dr. Why Not Honest in fourth. There are replays. Other races. We spoke about Bayerish winning the first. You got all the money there. Prospectus won the second. So Craig Williams
2: uh, rode a double yesterday. Double and beaten a pimple on uh, Intrepidatious.
1: And Prospectus given a a good run. Indispensable, I thought, was the hard luck story. A victim of a wide gate, as, as Ben Thompson pointed out. Sat wide and look at the fourth horse, slow hands. Watch out for him, Rockhampton Cup. Yes. That's where I'd be uh, sending him. Oh, really? I don't know what connections. are advi-
2: advising connections, are you?
1: Well, I'd like to think they'd listen, but <laughs> let's see if they do it or not. I'd say the Rocky Cup's a nice race, a mile on the big track. I think
2: Kelly Sweet has got that one pencilled in for sure.
1: And uh, in the fourth race, uh, Owen Glue, who trains at Lismore at Wits End, well, you don't often see Ryan Maloney on a long shot, but this mm. was the case here. Got up to beat Peroni and Triple
2: It That's the most unfortunate watch that one. You're, yes, you're on parody. <laughs> Did you expect it to be up as handy as it was? No, but I, I, I take my hat off to him. I thought he was proactive, got to a good spot, she had a chance and the you know the winner had 59 and gunned her down so no excuses.
1: Well, there it was. That was Ipswich yesterday. A cup day run and won. Congratulations to the club. Next week of course, we're back to Eagle Farm for the Tats Tiara amongst several other feature races. Yeah, some
2: interesting races there. An 1800 metre two-year-old race. It'll be interesting to see how that one stacks up. There's an a, a staying race for mayors now as well in there, mm. so that will be interesting. But the Tiara is just going to be a, a ripping good race, and the barrier draw for that will be held in the city on Wednesday morning, David. And, and also the Battle of the Bush. Yes,
1: and, uh, and and Ben Hall will be calling the Battle of the Bush for the all uh, all networks next Do you Saturday. You take a
2: pay cut on those days? We only call eight of the nine.
1: No, <laughs> no, I don't. Far from it. Um, yeah, that's that's good good news for Ben. And yeah, interesting that mares race twenty one hundred. Mm. I'll be interested to see what the response to
2: it is. It, it sure will be interesting. I think it replaced the old Tats Miles. It's gone from a listed sixteen hundred metre race to a listed staying race for mares. Let's have
1: a listen to a couple of replays from the south before we round things out this morning, and we'll go to the McKell Cup, the listed race at Rose Hill.
5: Mr Marathon Man turns in from Parry Sounds coming out of the pack quickly Stockman as well and Wugok the widest and further back to the
1: Lord Mayor and approach the street fallings further back Stockman rounds them up now and Stockman takes the lead of the furlong from Bertabeck closing off then Parry Sound nothing else a chance Stockman a length and a half to Bertabeck pulling away from Parry Sound it's Stockman a half in front of Bertabeck and it's Stockman's McKell Cup Stockman by a length to Bertabeck and Parry Sound third. Brutality Fourth at the end from Yonkers. Feel pretty well strung out. Then we got the Lord Mayor. Approach discreet. Mr. Marathon Man from Mr. Sachmo. and Monreal. He can't get to the showers quick enough. <laughs> Long time between drinks for stock, man. Um, uh, over a year. But uh, he got the, the job done
2: yesterday for Joe Pride and Sam Clipperton in the saddle. You heard Joe with Ray Thomas earlier today. So Crimson is the dam- is the grand dam of Joe's former Hardy star, Destiny's Kiss who was winning these type of races as a 9- and 10-year-old.
1: Let's go to Flemington. The feature was the listed Creswick Stakes Race 7, and this was a busy
2: finish. 350 metres to go, it's free to move up to Maha, Curran is joining in with Stella Pauline, then rights of man and Aidan's field, they're stretched right across the track, Sir Davies trying to weave through, Stella Pauline Curran with free to move and Maha then rights of man, Sir Davy is bustling for a run and snickerdoodle Dandy the outer, Curran just in front with 50 metres to go, Maha free to move they're coming from everywhere with Breslin's Trooper and Caprizio but free to move may have just won Free to move, or we've got Caprizio and Brenlin's trooper from Curran in a mighty finish.
1: Yeah, it was a busy finish, but free to move uh, stuck its head out, much to the disdain of most putters, a 100-to-1 1 chance. 100-to-1, was it? 100, $101. Craig knew it riding. Got the bob in it to win that race there. We've got to take an early mark this morning because uh, Kilcoy, now I'm going to Kilcoy today, yes. just for for a day out. They've got the, the trots on. And then it's Kilcoy Captain, They've got the ninth thoroughbred events. Anthony Collins is calling all of the action. He's got a busy day. I mean, was it Gimby yesterday? at it Kilcoy today? So he's got to do his preview now because the first trot comes up in about half an hour's time. So, Nathan, I have to you say good morning to you. You have a good day out there at Kilcoy. I'm sure you will. It's always a great day out. Looking forward to it. Uh, folks, thanks for your company this morning. Always appreciate it. Join me on Press Room tomorrow. We've been talking about the plight of Darlene Duray in recent times. I'll have a special guest to expand on that tomorrow morning. As I said, thanks for your company. Bye-bye.